well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad you're with us on the program today. Hopefully you had a good weekend. It was uh, way too short here on my end, but uh, you know what? The Monday rolls around. We're back at it. And uh, very pleased to have with us on the program today, Eric Delbert from LEPD. Uh, Firearms and Range out in the uh, Columbus, Ohio area, also one of the hosts of the On Target radio show, talking about what's going on with the attacks on firearm preemption in Ohio. Now, preemption has been the law of the land in the Buckeye State for decades, and the state Supreme Court has already ruled twice on the constitutionality of the state law that says there is a uniform standard across the entire state, uh, and it's the state legislature that sets the gun laws to provide that uniform standard, right? So there's no patchwork quilt of a gun law in uh, Sandusky and then another gun law in uh, Port Clinton and another law, right? As you drive down the road, each and every time you drive through has its own uh, uh, gun control ordinances on the books. In order to avoid that, the state legislature sets that uniform policy. Gun control activists, as we have talked about before, hate firearms preemption. They love the idea of local control. They hate the idea that in a Red state like Ohio, blue cities like Cleveland and Columbus can't impose their own infringements on the right to keep and bear arms. And so they're fighting this in court. Uh, Cincinnati, Ohio and Columbus, Ohio have both drafted ordinances squarely in violation of the uh, preemption law with an aim at taking down the state's preemption law, challenging it once again in court. And so far, We've had a couple of uh, county judges refuse to block these uh, local ordinances from taking effect. So let's talk about what's going on uh, on the ground in cities like Columbus uh, with Eric Delbert of uh, LEPD uh, Firearms and Range, as well as the uh, one of the hosts of the On Target radio show. Take a look and a listen. Eric, it's good talking with you, sir. Thanks very much for coming on the program today. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Always great to join you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so... I guess probably the best way to get into the discussion about these local ordinances in Columbus and then the ones put in place in Cincinnati. Let's talk about your shirt. Let's talk about your T-shirt. What is a 29er, Eric? This is a movement here in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, it's actually kind of a poking fun at some of the, the new laws that the city of Columbus have put into place. They came out and in their wisdom said that anything, any magazine that can hold 30 rounds or more is bad. And we need to uh, stop possession of those in order to clean up our streets. So we said, okay, looking to our leaders, I mean, these are our elected officials who are, you know, of, of high intelligence. We came out with the product that limits those magazines to 29 rounds because 29 is apparently okay. Is 30 is when you start to, that's where the whole thing comes in with the badness on the street. So it's kind of a tongue in cheek, but it, it has drawn some attention. Definitely. Well, good. And I'm glad that you did. I mean, listen, if nothing else, this does document, I think, and demonstrate the arbitrary nature of, you know, what is a large capacity magazine, right? In Columbus, it's anything 30 rounds or more. In California, it's 10 rounds or more, right? The the, the, the term large capacity uh, is basically an invented phrase from the gun control groups that means uh, more capacity than I'm comfortable with, right? And Look, I mean, we've heard Michael Bloomberg say before, uh, well, you know, who, who needs more than a couple of rounds, right? Gun control advocates have argued in court uh, that the average defensive gun use less than three, uh, three shots are fired. So presumably why why couldn't five rounds be large capacity, right? This is so arbitrary in nature. 
But, you know, the other aspect of this, Eric, is this is a this is a local ordinance, right? This is designed supposedly to cut down on violent crimes. So we've got these local ordinances. We've got this uh, ban on magazines. You've got a storage mandate. Do you honestly, does anybody honestly think that violent criminals in Columbus are going to be dissuaded because of a misdemeanor ordinance when they're committing violent felony offenses? No, absolutely not. And that's the whole thing. I mean, in all honesty, if the city of Columbus would come to us, whether it be the mayor, the city council or the city prosecutor and say, look, here are the facts. You know, if they were to say, hey, 95 percent of murders last year were committed with a magazine over 30 rounds. What do you think? Okay, let's have that discussion. But of course, it's not based in any fact. It's totally from the hip. It's totally emotion based. And so they come out with these and the only people it affects are all abiding citizens of which, Cam, we think this could affect one third of Columbus's population. If Columbus holds true like the nation with ownership of 30 round magazines, it could be 300,000 people, law abiding citizens who overnight are criminals. And the law is written and it's ironic because they're not tough on criminals in Columbus. But this law was written 180 day mandatory jail time with no work release. So if they come out, you know, with these these harsh things to affect the law abiding citizen. Now, if they were to come out and say, hey, look, anyone caught with a 30 rounds or more magazine in a commission of a crime, we're bringing the hammer down. We would have stood side by side with the mayor and city council and say, we're with you with that. If there's someone who's using some of these uh, erroneously or in the commission of a crime, by golly, let, let's put the full force of the law with, uh, you know, with them. But that's not the case. They chose to make everyone a criminal in Columbus. And, and it's just crazy. And it will have no impact. It hasn't had any impact. The last three weeks in Columbus has been the same thing as it's been the prior three weeks. Well, I think, you know, I think the impact here is uh, and I know I mean, I know the public safety arguments that they made, but I think the real impact here is is attacking preemption itself. Right. I mean, you you've had a strong firearms preemption law on the books for about 20 years or so uh, in, in Ohio. It's been upheld, I think, twice by the state Supreme Court. Um, but they're, you know, hammering at it again. Right. And, and trying to undo these laws so that. It's not a 30-round magazine ban. Maybe they can have the California 10-round magazine ban. Um, even some of the things that they're putting in place right now, I think, are designed to 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 allow politicians to say, look, what we're doing is so reasonable, right? Like, they've got this ordinance that bans straw purchases. Okay, well, that's already illegal under federal law. It's already illegal under state law. So what is this local ordinance going to do? It's not going to do anything except allow politicians to say, well, who could object to this? Right. And I think that's where they're, they're trying to like nose, put their nose into the door. And if the courts say, yeah, this is fine, then all of a sudden, you know, Katie bar the door because they're going to be uh, coming after uh, gun owners even harder. They are. And the thing is, is, you know, they look at it's really our thinking is, is taking the eye off of the true issues, which is really them. It's it's letting you know, the criminals out. I mean, we've had a we had a murderer shoot and kill someone in the middle of a mall, one of our most popular malls, higher end area of town, point blank on camera, cold blood. And he was out on the street less than 24 hours after he did the deed. I mean, that is the mentality here. Yet they want to put something like this in the place that we know will have absolutely no effect. Yet they they don't want to reach out. I mean, we would really sit down with them and have a good intellectual conversation on Hey, what do you think can be done? We have a unique perspective. We own a store. We're in law enforcement. You know, we see it every day. 
why not bring the experts into the mix? But they it's something they certainly don't want to do. No, I don't think I, I don't think they want to hear from you. Why would they want to hear from you? You're not going to tell them what, what, what they want to hear, right? I mean, what they want to hear is you're absolutely right. Guns are a scourge. Uh, we need to be doing more to, uh, you know, impose these common sense re- uh, regulations on uh, law-abiding gun owners. And, and you're right. They don't want to have that conversation about their policies, their criminal justice policies, their public safety policies, um, all of which, by the way, I think are far more important in terms of protecting public safety than, you know, criminalizing a, a constitutional right. So how has this impacted your store? Because you're in the Columbus area, but you are not technically inside the city limits of Columbus itself? Correct. We aren't. We don't sit in the city limits of Columbus. So we can still sell magazines. We can still people can shoot them here. But it has. I mean, it's made people think because technically by the letter of the law, just merely driving to our store if you're found in possession of that, regardless of whether you live in the city of Columbus or not, you could be coming from another suburb pass through Columbus to come to our range and technically be, you know, pulled over and charged with this. Now, do I think that the local officer on the street is going to get knee deep in this? Absolutely not. I mean, most of them are like minded uh, like us, but still there is that threat. And we've had a lot of people come to us and say, look, I'm concerned. I'm not a gun person. I bought this, you know, this AR or whatever the case may be. And what should I do? We are offering a program where we'll hang on to them now. Um, until this blows over. So we said, hey, drop your magazine off. We'll hang on to them for, you know, whatever amount of time. Certainly come pick them up uh, when it passes over if you're that concerned. But it's just crazy. It's just, it doesn't make sense. And like you mentioned, the straw purchases, they went out to the media as if this was something new. And we all looked around saying, well, guys, how how many of you prosecuted in the last, you know, five years because it's on Ohio books already? But of course, none, you know, it's just crazy. Well, and that's the other problem here, right? I think you've got, and we see this, this is certainly not uh, limited to Columbus, but, you know, when you are a local television reporter, um, you're not an expert on anything, right? One day you may be covering a city council meeting, the next day you might be covering a car accident, the next day after that you may be doing a human interest story about a dog found in a culvert somewhere. You know, you you are ping-ponging around all these stories, and I don't expect reporters to to be experts, but I do expect them to ask tough questions, right? And and that, to me, I think is a an obvious question that should be asked. If they say, okay, look, what we're doing, we're putting this uh, uh, straw purchase ordinance in place. The first question that, that a reporter should ask is, okay, so why is this necessary, right? Uh, and that does require doing a little bit of research, maybe, to find out what the current laws are. Um, it seems to me like one of the things that the that is aiding in uh, abetting the politicians in Columbus is the ignorance of the media when it comes to these issues. Kim, you hit the nail on the head. My monologue in our on our radio show last Saturday was just that. Last week, we have a phenomenal relationship with local media. Oftentimes, I can call them up from any of the channels and say, look, this is a story you might look at because it has some significance to it. And they rely on us to to feed them the facts. They're not the experts, but they know they're going to get a valid fact-based, you know, a story from us. Everyone last week I reached out to, and it was multiple sources, all the reporters said, wow, I can't believe it affects this many law-abiding people. Let me pitch it in our, our morning meetings. And every single one got shot down by the editors. It's crazy. I mean, this is newsworthy 
but it's not newsworthy in their eyes. And so the general public, I mean, there's a lot of people out there, just like with the arm crisis, who I suspect have no idea that this is now against the law. They're not gun people. They have protection. You know, it's, they're not you know, looking at it every day and they have no idea. And they're going to innocently enough go to the range or, or be out with it and could get jammed up with this law that has no effect on the criminal element. So I'm gonna. I, I know that you're not litigating these cases. Uh, Ohio's attorney general is defending preemption uh, in court, but um, where, where do you think this? How do you think this all shakes out? I think I think ultimately preemption rules. I mean, it, it's gone to the Supreme Court several times. We have a great attorney general with Dave Yost. Uh, he is. We've talked to him firsthand. He is on it. Um, he is going to make sure. You know, he does everything in his power to to make this you know, to, to make these cities obey by the law. I mean, we've seen Cincinnati now step up and say, geez, look at this. Maybe we can slip something in there. We have to do it. It's the right thing to do. There is no way we can allow individual cities and municipalities across Ohio to put in their little nuances. And just like in this case, the mere passing through that city makes you a criminal to an otherwise law-abiding citizen. Yeah, I mean, this is exactly why firearms preemption is the law of the land in Ohio and the vast majority of states around the country, right? So that people who are trying to obey the law don't get caught up in this patchwork quilt of local ordinances that, uh, frankly, it's impossible for them to comply with. It's impossible for them to know what all of these gun control laws are going to be as they drive from suburb to suburb. Uh, you know, that, But that is by design for the gun control right. activists. That's what they want, right? They want it to be legally dangerous. Every time you set foot outside your home with your firearm, exercising your Second Amendment rights, they want you to say, forget it, it's not worth the risk. Uh, I'm gonna, they're going to keep my gun at home, or you know what, maybe I'm going to get rid of my guns altogether because it's just not worth the potential criminal charges. Right. And, and I guarantee you, the criminals, the thugs on the street that we deal with every day, this has no impact to them. If, if they're out there doing the things that they're doing, and we're seeing some of these things they're doing, believe me, getting caught with a 30-round magazine is not even on their radar. You know, it, it's, it's crazy to think otherwise. And the thing that's so, that's so frustrating, city council came out after, after they announced these, these provisions, and they came out and they said, this will clean up our streets. Uh, Wedgwood is a horrible place in town for crime. This will clean up the streets of Wedgwood. And we all looked around. I, I, I don't know who's buying this, but they continue to get elected. So somebody is buying what they're putting out. And that, that's the, this, you know, the hardening part. If voters looked at the facts and said, you know what, I believe this because of the facts, then I can't, you know, I can't argue with that. But they're only getting a portion of, of the overall story. And it's, it is the portion from their side. Yeah, you're right. Well, listen, Eric, I appreciate you keeping up the fight. Um, if folks want, uh, are those snazzy T-shirts available for sale anywhere? If folks want to uh, you know, yes. win their support to the cause? They are. We have them here at the store. If they send us an email on target at LEPD.com, we'll definitely get them set up. Excellent. Eric, thanks so much for joining me on the program today. Thanks for fighting the good fight. Look forward to doing this again very soon. Appreciate Eric joining us on the program and giving us some insight. And uh, yeah, we're going to continue to follow this. Attorney General Dave Yost is uh, challenging these gun control efforts in court. And uh, we will, of course, be following along here at Bearing Arms. Right now, let's turn our attention to today's armed citizen story. Our good deed of the day and our recidivist report will start there with a uh, case out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where a, a second teen 
has been charged in a, a shooting uh, in the uh, downtown area of the city that left one person dead. This individual, according to authorities, uh, already on probation. 18-year-old Jay Sean Martin apparently had been on probation for the last three or four years. Uh, his probation officer told police he has supervised Martin since he was 14 or 15 and ended up identifying Martin from still photos taken from security cameras near where the shooting took place. And we don't know why Martin was on probation. Uh, all we know is that he was on probation at the time. In fact, his probation officer said Martin was wearing an ankle monitor as a condition of his probation. But he said it was shut off back on January the 4th and never turned back on. Martin's probation expired on January 23rd. The shooting, however, took place on January 19th when Martin again was still on probation. So it is unclear at this point whether he removed uh, or shut off the uh, ankle monitor, uh, perhaps by removing it, whether the probation department shut off the ankle monitor weeks before his probation had expired. But, uh, well, we do know that despite that ankle monitor being turned off on January the 4th, apparently nothing ever happened for weeks. And two weeks later, he's accused again of uh, taking part in this fatal shooting. Uh, which raises some serious questions, I would say, about the uh, juvenile probation system there in Allegheny County. Perhaps we'll get more answers going forward. But right now, again, what we know is that, um, <clears throat> I, listen, I don't think ankle monitors work all that great to begin with, but they don't work at all when they're turned off. It's hard to supervise someone who's on probation when you're not actually able to monitor them. Today's Armed Citizen story from Houston, Texas where a uh, would-be robber was thwarted by an armed hotel clerk, said, I ain't playing with you. Yeah, this is a uh, still image from the uh, security camera inside that uh, uh, hotel in Houston, Texas, where, again, armed robber comes in, rifle in hand, back on January the 16th. As the uh, hotel clerk was being held at gunpoint, police say she pulled out a handgun of her own, and then pointed it at the suspect, who then fled the scene. Man uh, said, I am playing with you. And then he turned and ran away. Uh, suspect, not in custody at this point. Uh, don't have any real leads. They say he's described as a black male between 20 to 25 years old, 6'2 to 6'4, 150 to 180 pounds, thin build. Uh, the, the shirt he was wearing, blue shirt, blue jeans, white shoes. Probably change them by now, I would think. But uh, again, not a lot of information to go on. Thankfully, however, the uh, hotel clerk, uh, alive and well, because of the fact that she was able to protect and defend herself. And like most offensive gun uses, the trigger didn't have to be pulled. The presence of that firearm in the hands of that armed citizen was enough to stop that armed robbery and that armed robber in his tracks. And uh, he turned tail and ran away. It's the best kind of defensive gun use, as far as I'm concerned, one where the uh, gun owner does not have to pull the trigger. Uh, and I'm very glad to know that the uh, hotel clerk there in Houston is alive and well today, hopefully still employed, <clears throat> which is another issue when you uh, protect yourself on the job. Sometimes your employer says, oh, I guess we would have preferred you be an unarmed victim as opposed to, you know, run the liability of you protecting and defending yourself. But uh, have not heard anything about this clerk losing her job. I've just seen it happened in the past. We uh, Hopefully, uh, that's not the case this time around. Finally, today, our armed, uh, well, no, we've already done our armed citizen. Our good deed of the day. That's what we like to end things on around here. 
Um, <clears throat> I wasn't going to bring up the Super Bowl. It really wasn't. Uh, I know we've got, you know, Chiefs fans and Eagles fans and people who don't care. <laughs> so uh, my condolences to the Eagles fans. Congratulations to the uh, Chiefs fans. But there were some uh, intrepid Eagles fans who were not rioting last night after the uh, Chiefs pulled off the uh, the win during the Super Bowl. Uh, nope. Uh, these young Eagles fans were actually saving lives. A uh, house fire in Chester, PA, that broke out about 3 o'clock this morning. Uh, and thankfully, there were some college students, apparently, in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing to uh, save the folks inside, Charmaine Burrell, uh, lives in the unit that was attached to the one that caught fire. And you can see her there in the uh, lower right-hand uh, corner of your screen, giving a hug to Jarrett Nyland. He's from Rhode Island. He was staying with friends at a, a home across from uh, where uh, Charmaine Burrell lives. She said she woke up to hear her smoke alarms going off, and then she heard banging at the door. And when she went to the front door, she found her neighbors, including Jarrett Nyland, standing there to tell her, it's time to go. You got to get out of here. Your house is on fire. She said um, she took off uh, and is alive today, perhaps because of the uh, quick thinking of those college students. Jared Island says we're up from watching the Super Bowl. We were in the city. We came down. We were just hanging out, finishing out the night. And then when action calls, we got to step into duty. He said, I ran outside. We got him out of the house safely before the fire got out of control. And then luckily, our great fire department here in Chester put it out. Uh, Charmaine Burrell again. Uh, thanking Nyland and uh, his friends, saying, I swear if it wasn't for y'all, thank y'all so much. Me and my family were in there asleep. Uh, Chester Fire Commissioner Bill Rigby also uh, commending the Good Samaritan, saying we have a lot of students here. It sounds like some of our students were trying to knock on some doors, let some folks know we had a fire. So that was a good job. Two families uh, have been displaced. They are being assisted by the Red Cross. But again, this could have been a lot worse. We're not for the uh, quick thinking and the uh, fast actions of uh, folks like uh, Jared Nyland. So we thank those individuals for their very, very good deed. Now, that is about all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of today's program. As always, looking forward to being with you again tomorrow as well. And don't forget to check out BearingArms.com throughout today for the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. It is a busy time right now with the state legislatures underway. We've got gun bans looming in uh, states from Washington, New Mexico, Colorado, and more. Uh, and that really is just the tip of the anti-gun iceberg right now. So make sure you check out the website every day. Uh, I would also encourage you to become a VIP member at Varian Arms. Just use the promo code GUNRIGHTS when you go to varianarms.com slash subscribe. Not only will you be supporting the independent pro Second Amendment journalism that we do at Varian Arms, but we're going to give you exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. New stories and analysis. It's important because your support is important to us. So thank you again. Have a great rest of your Monday. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.